Welcome to this month's podcast. This month's interview was recorded months ago at the National Theatre and anyone that's been there knows it's quite a busy place. So unfortunately we've got some background noise, but I hope that doesn't stop you from enjoying this month's interview. Economics in the Spirit presents Ola, a truly self-made man. How to be a success. Ordinary men living extraordinary lives. The podcast that explores the messy nuts and bolts behind people's success. Now here's your host, S.B. Cole, author of The Good Man, exploring economics and the spirit. Right, we're going to move on to the next section, which is the battlefield of the mind. Yeah, great. My favorite. <laughs> Have you ever been in a place where you felt like giving up? Giving up? I don't think so. Not, not giving up. No, not really. I mean, I've been in... You know, I've obviously been in places where, where it, I thought it was difficult or it was tough. And that's, you, you know, that was usually to do or feeling that you are being listened to or not being listened to. Um, we'll all recognize the world of work and the hierarchical nature of that. And, you know, the truth is the people I've struggled with most are, are the people above me in the hierarchy, my bosses. And although I led the Young Writers Program, I was head of the Young Writers Program, I wasn't head of the theatre. And so there would be times when I would bump up against the head of the theatre where I, I passionately believe we should be doing one thing, following one particular course or doing one particular initiative, and they, they felt otherwise. <laughs> they didn't believe that, and they're the boss, so you can't always do what you want to do. But... In the face of that, I don't. I never gave up. I just tried to find another way <laughs> <laughs> of doing the thing, or doing something else, which I feel of equal merit. It may not be the same thing. You just keep going. You just keep going. And and you know, one of the best pieces of advice, um, uh, which was, you just keep going until someone stops you. And <laughs> you just, I find that applies to so many people yeah. I know. <laughs> and having counseled and and <laughs> but I, I've never felt like giving up because the reason going back to that that story of watching that play that made me want to do what I want to do that play at the time for me it made me it I I want to change the world I wanted to change the world that's why I went into theatre to change the world um, so so if you want to change the world. How can you ever give up? What you will face is that the world doesn't necessarily want you to change it or the world doesn't want to change. It necessarily doesn't want to change in the way that I would like it to change. But So there's a struggle. It's a constant struggle. But, I mean, that just made me more determined. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't give up. I would be betraying myself if I, if I gave up. Okay. <laughs> when have you felt a true sense of purpose in your life? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> always. <laughs> always. Ollie, you from, are so blessed. 
<laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember a time when I haven't felt that something, something's got to be done and something's going to happen. Um, you know, I don't know what it is. I can't, I wouldn't, wouldn't know, but I've always felt that, yeah, from, uh, from my earliest memory. I was like, oh, yeah, great, here I am, let's go. This is going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> but even though I didn't know what it was. In that case, I'm going to digress a little bit. What, yeah. what was your earliest memory? <laughs> well, tell me a little um, bit about this family that you grew up in. Someone made you the way you are. There is a background. There is a, a nurture here. Nature, definitely. It's clearly in your nature. You're just, you're just that quote about you bringing sunshine. You are this sunshine kind of guy and you were always really nurturing. <laughs> and it just always thought that you... you you had people's backs and you were there for them to do well. And I really want to know where you came from. So earliest memory, <laughs> childhood, what was your family like? Where did you come from? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I, my earliest memory is always a bit of a weird one, but it's, but it's true. So you can know, you you can only be you. So my earliest memory is actually um, of a kitchen door in my house falling on my head. <laughs> Hitting my head. Do you know how that happened? Um, not really. I mean, I know that um, with, <laughs> it's a long story, but I, I came from a fairly chaotic background in which it's the kind of house where things like doors would broken to come off their hinges and therefore not be properly mended <laughs> and therefore when small children are running around they might well walk into that door and it fall on their head you know if one of them is on one side of the door and another one is the other i'm on the side of the door where the door's falling so that's my earliest memory and getting a bump on my head which my granny put butter on to to take the swelling down which is very old very old i'm very old you see that so that was old medicine uh, my background uh, is rather complicated or complex, but I'll try and keep it relatively short. So I grew up in a foster home, fostered by a white family in Lincolnshire, northeast England, uh, or the Midlands, as some people would have it. I used to think it was northern, but anyway. Um, and uh, that was, I was fostered by a white working class woman, single parent. And she fostered lots of children. But growing up, sort of by the time I was five, there were, so she had three children of her own. And then she'd fostered, or rather, she fostered me. And as I regarded him, my older brother. And then she adopted my younger brother. Um, and my older brother was from Guyana, I think. And my young brother uh, was dual heritage. I think he had an Irish mother and an African father. I'm not sure where. After, by the time he was seven, my older brother had left. He'd gone back to Guyana to live with his dad. And me and my brother grew up with my other brother and two sisters, who were the children of, of this woman, in Lincolnshire, <laughs> until I was 18. So... Um, so there you go that's the background <laughs> and 
เดี๋ยวไปเขาเท่าว่า you will Serena <laughs> that was the legendary Ola in the things I wish I'd known episode we hear a bit more about his background and how it shaped him but the next episode is the mountain top episode where we hear about the highlights in Ola's life and hear so much more of his optimism and gratitude here's a snippet I you know I, when the lottery was invented I'm old enough to remember when the lottery was first invented and when it happened and people got very excited about the idea of becoming a millionaire overnight and I just thought to myself well I I don't need to do the lottery because I've won the lottery already because I think life you know life is a lottery and to be alive is fantastic I love being alive and and just that whole experience of what that's about but but you know and trying to sort of influence in a positive and constructive way for anyone and everyone I come into contact with Thanks for listening. New episodes are available every Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on iTunes as it will help the show to grow. Finally, The Good Man, exploring economics and the spirit, is available on audible.com now. If it's your first book, it's free. Thanks for listening and stay blessed. Stay blessed.